0: Just a matter of time I suppose That's <laughs> why
1: Welcome to Rage Worth Watching, we're working our way through the history of films of Rage Against the Machine. Today, we're discussing the second half of the 2009 film, Watchmen. If you have not listened to the previous episode, go back and do that now. So Dan and Lori are at the Gunga Diner Cafe, and if you were carefully observing <laughs> There was a Gunga Diner elephant balloon outside of Vate's office in the last scene.
0: Mm -hmm. And there was one earlier in the movie, too.
1: And they're talking about what just happened to Vate, and Dan believes it must be a well-funded organization going after masks and that they're not safe. So he asked Lori to come stay with him. She politely objects, but then agrees. It's a little bit like that, you know, are you going to pay for the check? And as they're walking to his place, we then hear Rorschach's journal. He's watching them. They don't recognize him as he doesn't have his mask. And we see the back of him, but we still don't know who he is, although you've already revealed who he is. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, my bad. (laughs) He speculates on whether Lori might have broken Dr. Manhattan's heart in order to force him into exile. So maybe she was part of the plot. And who's um he,
0: he he's got the people wrong, but but the the idea he's he's on the
1: he's on the right track. hmm And it turns out Worsak has already searched the apartment of the guy who tried to assassinate and Vate. And this guy worked at a place called Pyramid International. And when Rorschach was in Moloch's place earlier, he had noticed that one of the pieces of mail for Moloch was a pension check from Pyramid. So he decides that Moloch must know more than he was saying, and he goes back to Moloch's. And Moloch is sitting at a table with a cigarette that's almost burned to the nut, like there's a whole bunch of ash. And Warshak gives him a speech and demands information and wants to know what he knows. But darn, it turns out that Moloch has been shot through the head.
0: Yeah. And this is, a, I mean, it's a—it's it's a, it's a well done scene, but it, it's also, a, I think it's kind of a trope, you know, where somebody comes <laughs> in, starts talking to the corpse, and then finds out it's a yeah.
1: corpse. <laughs> but it also means whoever shot him had to have done it in the last few minutes, right? Because his,
0: yeah, the cigarette's still burning. Yeah. yeah.
1: And immediately the cops are outside demanding that Rorschach surrender any hostage and come out. And this is uncharacteristic of Rorschach. I mean, he's normally completely in control of himself, right? Mm-hmm. But he freaks out and he starts yelling, no, no, no. And he he realizes he's in a really bad situation and he starts scrambling through Moloch's kitchen. Looking for anything he can use. (laughs) This just reminds me of Bird Notice, the TV series, which I love. Where they would, you know, they would take any set of things and turn them into a weapon. Right. So he finds a can of some kind of spray, and that's all he needs. Once he has this spray, he's ready to go.
0: Yeah, I have done the trick that he's about to do. It wasn't wise, but uh, back when I was in high school, (laughs) there was a computer printout going around on pin feed paper uh that was called the i think it was called the anarchist's cookbook yeah. it was just like collected stuff probably from Usenet. you know different different things you could do make your own little uh contact explosive like when you hit it with a hammer it would blow up and stuff like that but but this one uh was use a can of lysol and a lighter and you know light the flame and you'll get a burst of flame and i i i did try that out back in the day and uh i want to say i want to be very clear for the benefit of our listeners and this is not something i would recommend under normal circumstances i mean it it does work but it also you know i'm not sure just how intricately they engineer those cans to resist fire. So,
1: you know, if you have any admitted that it's possible, you will not be here next week. <laughs> so not, we may have a new, so.
0: Well, I, I didn't use it on anything. I, don't I probably tried to burn some grass at the edge of the driveway or something, but it did work. I think in the future, mm-hmm. uh, I would not do it except, you know, in self-defense. I mean, uh, there <laughs> there are situations where a moderate risk of an exploding can is, less than the alternative but uh (laughs) just for idle curiosity i'd say yeah just take my word for it guys yeah
1: all i'm saying is if there's a reward for turning you in (laughs) (laughs) i'm as good as gone
0: (laughs) oh it was the 80s there must be some statute of limitations
1: (laughs) so uh when the cops bust open the door Warsack uses some matches and the spray can to create a flamethrower. <laughs> and he manages to fight his way outside. But even though he kind of has all those superhero reflexes, and one of the things I'll say about the movie, I mean, Dr. Manhattan is the only person who is truly superhuman in this. But the other heroes have these reflexes and strengths that seems to imply that they're superhuman.
0: Yeah, they do seem to be a few cuts above average.
1: Yeah, but it doesn't, there's no logic to that.
0: Mm. Yeah, we don't find out they're all like uh, genetic experiments or something.
1: Yeah, yeah. And at least in this case, there are just too many cops when he gets outside. So they subdue him and they take off his mask and he yells, My face, give me back my face. This will be a thing. And he's now in prison where many of the inmates owe him a debt (laughs) (laughs) because he put a lot of them in there. Yeah. And he's meeting with the psychiatrist who says he might be able to get him in a hospital instead of the general population where he'll be in trouble. But Rorschach doesn't care. He says a prison is a prison. (laughs) Also, I'm gonna say a lot of people think if they can kind of fake their way into a mental hospital instead of the prison, that that's somehow going to be better. Mental hospitals are a terrible, terrible place to be. <laughs>
0: yeah. Hmm. Okay. I'll, I'll take your word for it. I Well, I know, like, in the Victorian era they were. But, uh, yeah, yeah modern-day mental hospitals, you, uh yeah, the first thing that comes to my mind is, like, one flew over the cuckoo's rest with, uh, you know, these big clean rooms where everybody sits around and plays board games. <laughs>
1: Still, have a great place if you watch that. Movie well, carefully. yeah, yeah. There's a,
0: there's still some hijinks that go on there. And <laughs> yeah, don't make waves, and you might be all right.
1: So, ironically, the psychiatrist shows Rorschach some Rorschach pictures. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and each one gives Rorschach an image or memory of something disturbing, like a dead dog with a bullet hole in his head his mother sleeping with men and then slapping him and telling him she should have had an abortion. But with each picture, he tells the psychiatrist, he sees something like nice flowers.
0: (laughs) And you can, you can tell he's being sarcastic because he's using, he's using these cutesy little adjectives. It's not just flowers. It's nice flowers, you know, or a pretty
1: butterfly or whatever. (laughs) And in one memory, there are two larger boys who are bullying him, and he punches one in the nuts, and then he bites the cheek off of the other. And <laughs> he yeah. kind of got the sense that this is when he really started on his path.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. And he was
1: a pretty wee lad. In... Yeah, he was very small. And when he bites off the cheek, he is smiling. <laughs> so smiling. Yeah. And then he tells the psychiatrist that he doesn't like him. And the psychiatrist says, well, why not? And he says, well, you're fat, you're wealthy, you have liberal sensibilities. (laughs) Then to give the psychiatrist a sense of his world, he tells them a long story that we get to see. Mm -hmm. And this is very disturbing.
0: Yeah, yeah. it's. um, I'm trying to think how much... As a bit of characterization for him, it's good. But other than that, it's not terribly germane to the story. But it's a, but it's also a good bit. So I'm glad well, that's in there.
1: I would say it's germane because, as he says in this, this is the point where he truly became worship.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, the characterization part is Yeah. But it's, it, it is a somewhat long digression to
1: get to yeah. that. He's investigating the kidnapping of a little girl. He goes to where he thinks it happened. Whoever's there is not at home, and he breaks in. He finds her clothing in a standalone stove, and he looks around, and he realizes that she's been hacked to bits. And while he's been doing all this, these dogs have been outside wrestling over something, and he realizes that the dogs are wrestling over her leg.
0: Yeah, there's a little black shoe still on it,
1: which gives yeah. it away. So it's really disturbing. Yeah. So when the kidnapper gets home, Warshak throws the dogs through the window at him, <laughs> which disturbs him, and then comes in and handcuffs him. And the guy insists on being arrested so he can fight this in court. He says, you just don't have enough evidence. So, so. and and
0: he even i don't know at least in the director's cut he even fesses up to it he says i have a problem
1: you know he yeah, plays pity card rorschach just takes a cleaver and hacks him in his head and then does it over and over again
0: yeah and it's and, mm-hmm. it could have been a lot more gory than they filmed it but it's still pretty pretty disturbing
1: Yeah, and this is when he truly becomes Rorschach. Before this, as he said, he had treated criminals too lightly. (laughs) And now we see him in the chow line in the prison cafeteria, and the guy next to him starts teasing him. And as he's teasing him, a prison shank is passed to him, and he's supposed to kill Rorschach. So he attacks Rorschach with it, and Rorschach makes created use of his lunch tray (laughs) to stop him. And then he throws, uh, you know, he breaks through a window of the lunch counter and he throws boiling oil over this guy's head. (laughs) Yeah, the whole deep fryer tray right on it. Yeah. Yeah,
0: very, uh, it's actually not, it's again, one of those things, not terribly gory visually, but knowing what it is, is, it makes you squirm a little bit.
1: Yeah, as the guards subdue Rorschach, he yells one of the most famous lines from Watchmen. Yeah,
0: I would say uh, deservingly so.
1: <laughs> yeah, he says to everyone, you seem to understand. I'm not locked in here with you. <laughs> You're locked in here with me!
0: That's probably the quote that I've remembered over the years, you know, best <laughs> from this movie, and it's, I've heard it quoted elsewhere, so it's it's it, <laughs> one of the, as you say, one of the most famous lines from the movie, if not the most famous.
1: And now we see Lori in Dan's basement, and she uncovers the ship and gets inside and decides to push the fire button. <laughs> <laughs> of
0: all the random button, which she, she a yeah. big flame on it.
1: And then Dan in the kitchen or whatever, here's the fire alarm going off. And he runs down to the basement and she's trying to put out the fire that she started. (laughs) And he uses a fire extinguisher to put it out. And then he tells her that he calls the ship Archie, which is short for Archimedes, which was Merlin's owl.
0: This struck me as just very slightly odd. Like for all the time that the watchmen worked together, I would think this would be a fact that would have come out. Good point. (laughs) Not important. Just struck me a little odd.
1: But she's jealous of him because she says it must be nice to have a secret identity and not to have everyone know who you are because everyone knows who she is. Then he lets her try out his special goggles which provide thermal imaging and night vision. And she's really excited by it. And he says, I remember no matter how black it got, whenever I looked through those goggles, everything was clear as day.
0: Mm-hmm. And there, you know, we, we already, uh, in the first half, we talked a little bit about the glasses and the owl eyes and everything. So, you know, as superhero equipment goes, this is very, uh, very, superhero appropriate
1: so he's being very congenial it's pretty clear having invited her to stay at his place and everything that he's hoping to get lucky but then Lori says what she's seeing through the goggles must be how john slash dr manhattan sees the world and dan suddenly turns cold he does not want to hear about dr manhattan and he tells her to put them away when she's done and he goes upstairs. Yeah. And and
0: in this scene, it almost feels like something is going to happen.
1: But then. Yeah. Yeah. And God, do I know that. <laughs> I know how to say the wrong <laughs> thing. So Lori comes upstairs to make amends. And she says, Dan, John sees a lot of things, but he doesn't see me. And. Now she basically molests him. (laughs) (laughs) And I had a friend a long time ago said this, like there was a woman who came over and she straddled him and and literally basically did this. And people don't believe this can happen to a guy, right? But it can. I mean, in part because once someone initiates something, a guy has the feeling that they need to perform, etc. And he did, he described himself as practically being raped because he didn't ask for this. He wasn't expecting it. Mm-hmm. And he did follow through, but it was because he, you know, of those things, right? So yeah. he, this all gets very complicated. And that's basically what happens here. She just tears off his clothes. <laughs> yeah. No, I,
0: I, I don't, I didn't get the impression Dan had too many
1: reservations. Yeah, no, but, you know.
0: <laughs> Aside from dating the girlfriend of America's most powerful weapon, you know, that, <laughs> that could be a complication.
1: But here comes the real complication. He tries to perform, but he can't. Oh, yeah. I have no idea what that's about. And he has to take a break in frustration. And then he has this weird vision of them on Mars naked, but they peel off their skin, and when they do that, they reveal their costumes underneath. And then they kiss while a nuclear explosion goes off behind them. Mm-hmm. So you can decide what all that means, we will see. <laughs> now we switch to the prison where Rorschach is, and he's in his cell, which is closed, and a little person that Rorschach put away 15 years ago comes to his cell with two very big fat guys and lets him know that he's going to settle the score.
0: And uh, it, it, I want to mention, just because I, I I think it's one of the funnier names, uh, the, the little person, his supervillain name is Big Figure. He's a big figure in the
1: underworld. Okay, that's not in the version I saw.
0: Oh, okay. Uh,
1: maybe it's only in the subtitles, because I watched with Could subtitles. Be. And the little guy says, the guy that Rorschach burned with oil is dying. And once he dies, that's when the little guy is going to make his move, because everything's going to explode. And he says, there are over 50 people here that you put away, and they're all dying to get a piece of you. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, Lori talks Dan into taking Archie, the ship, out for an adventure, even though that's now illegal. (laughs) Because, you know, superheroes are illegal. And they mask up and head out. And immediately, they find a burning building with people trapped inside. And Dan uses the uh, machine guns on the ship to get the water tower in the building to spill. And Lori heads inside to get the people out. And they save them, put them in the ship, and then take off. Yeah, this really a weird point where Lori is putting these, like, coffee cups into a thing like they, like, for some reason, the ship had all these coffee cups so they could serve people like this. I just thought that was kind of... <laughs> But Dan parks the ship inside a cloud. This is an amazing ship that could just hover. (laughs) It turns out that after they've masked up and had their adventure, Dan can now actually perform. (laughs) To the song Hallelujah by Leonard Cohen, they, you know, make things happen. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then, while well, in the throes of ecstasy, Lori accidentally pushes the fire button, and we see the fire shoot out at the front of the ship. I have no idea what that means.
0: <laughs> yeah, they, they didn't show us any fireworks or a train going through a tunnel
1: or anything like that. <laughs> it was pretty close. And also, I mean, related, this is some pretty explicit sex. I mean, this is pretty much softcore porn. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there's not much they don't show <laughs> and we go back to the prison in the prison hospital the guy that rorschach burned dies and the prisoners go crazy with the riot and the little guy and his huge minions come to rorschach's cell with a metal grinder so they can cut through the bars and one of the big guys taunts rorschach who taunts him back And the guy reaches in to try and grab Rorschach. And Rorschach uses a cloth to tie the guy's hands inside the bars. And unfortunately for that guy, he's now in the way of the little guy getting into the cell.
0: Right, he's blocking the panel where the lock is.
1: Yeah. So the little guy says, you know, nothing personal. (laughs) But we got to get in. So he directs the other guy to use the metal cutter. To cut off this guy's hair. <laughs> this is a very bloody sequence here.
0: Yeah, there is. Um, you know, I I watched the first season of The Boys on the Amazon, and I liked it. I thought it was a fun show, but but there's a ton of gore in it, and that kind of put me off from watching subsequent <laughs> seasons. But I think after watching this, maybe I'll just go ahead and. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so they cut off his arm so that he's not in the way anymore. And then the guy, the minion with the grinder, cuts through the metal bars. Back in the ship, post cordially, Dan says they should spring Rorschach from prison since someone set him up. And then back at the prison, the guy who saws through the bars and comes in, Rorschach smashes his head through the toilet. <laughs> And then the guy is electrocuted when the toilet water reaches the frayed cord from the grinder. And Rorschach says, Never disposed of sewage with a toilet before. Obvious, really. (laughs) Yeah, that was a good one. And the little guy is now freaked out and runs away. Rorschach makes his way through the riot to the psychiatrist's office and screams at him to give him his face. The psychiatrist points to a box that has his costume in it. We now see Archie flying in, and Dan and Lori fight their way to Rorschach, who's now dressed up in his costume and he's standing outside a bathroom that the little guy fled into. And they tell Rorschach they're here to rescue him, but he says he has to use the restroom first. (laughs) Lori's really annoyed because she thinks he really is just trying to pee. And he goes in, and the restroom door swings back and forth, and we see him approaching the little guy every time the door swings open. Then the toilet flushes, and Rorschach comes out, and after they leave, blood flows out from under the door, so he can only (laughs) imagine.
0: There's a lot of blood, and he didn't take very long in there, so uh, it's one of those things that's probably more interesting left off screen.
1: (laughs) And now Dan and Lori take Archie back to the basement. We don't know what's happened to Rorschach. And when the hatch of Archie opens, Dr. Manhattan is standing there. And he says, Lori wants to have a conversation with me. She wants to talk me into saving humanity from nuclear war. Dan is not happy about this. He'd rather not be competing with Dr. Manhattan. (laughs) And Lori says, well, trust me yeah we'll see (laughs) and then dr manhattan teleports himself and lower to mars and i've got to say this this begins in the graphic novel one of the issues and i think it is probably one of the best comic issues ever done really it's amazing visually and they replicate a lot of that here but what they can't replicate in the movie is that the comic, the first half of the comic is mirrored in the second half. So literally, if you flip the first half, all the panels and everything that happens are mirrored. Hmm. And this is an amazing accomplishment. I mean, it's extremely difficult to think about how to tell a story while you're doing that. And again, they don't try to replicate that here. Wouldn't. Mm-hmm makes sense in the movie but but it is pretty amazing but i think they do you know represent it pretty well in the movie
0: oh yeah this uh crystal clock thing is uh pretty impressive
1: yeah so the first thing that happens when they get to mars is Lori collapses she can't breathe it turns out dr manhan forgot to provide oxygen for her (laughs) he apologizes he forgets these little details.
0: Yeah, I have to think. I, I don't know what the atmosphere is made of on Mars, but I'm, I'm thinking there could be, like, ammonia and acid and God only knows what in there. But she only got a couple breaths, so she's fine.
1: And then she sees this massive gold clock-like structure. <laughs> she says, oh, my God, we're on Mars. <laughs> and we're back to Rozek and Dan. They're talking. And Rorschach says they need to shake down the underworld life. You know, they need to crack some heads and see what's going on. And Rorschach insults Dan for being soft. And Dan goes off on him. He's like, you know, you take advantage of people and then you insult them, you know, et cetera. And surprisingly, this actually seems to impact Rorschach. Mm-hmm. And he says, look, you're my good friend, and he shakes his hand. And we never see him ever be like this. Yeah, it's it's
0: a surprisingly touching little moment. And the Rorschach says something to the, I don't remember exactly what it was, something like, I, I know I can be a lot to deal with, or some, something along those lines,
1: you know. He's
0: yeah, it's a neat little neat little moment.
1: Yeah, and then Dan agrees to do it his way. <laughs> we'll see what his way is. So they take Archie out, and they find a bar. And amazingly, this is exactly the bar <laughs> that need should go to. Yeah, yeah, they pick good. They come in. Rorschach wants to know who there knows about the Pyramid International Company. And everybody stares at one (laughs)
0: guy. And he actually, I I don't remember what he does, but he he looks around the room and he says something like, Oh, come on.
1: Well, he's like, Oh, I paid for drinks for everybody. (laughs) (laughs) So he then threatens Rorschach and Rorschach, and he has a drink in his hand, and Rorschach grabs his hand and collapses the glass he's holding into his hand. That's probably not too pleasant. The guy then admits that he hired the assassin that tried to shoot Adrian Vate, you know, Ozymandias. He says he knew him from jail. And he says his contact was Jenny Slater, that woman who got cancer. Yeah. And Dr. Manhattan's ex-girlfriend. Yeah. And Dan says, well, Vate's people can help us find out more. Then we're back on Mars, and Laurie and Dr. Manhattan get into his golden clock ship thingy. (laughs) And Manhattan informs her that this is where they have their conversation. She will ask him to stop the nuclear war. But I've got to say, it's going to be really annoying when you have somebody who tells you what you're going to say. (laughs) say.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I, I have to think at some point, I just deliberately say something other than what he
1: said then, <laughs> <You know? say. laughs> and he says he has no interest in helping a worlds he has no stake in and then he says my red world here now means more to me than your blue one let me show you and the ship takes off
0: yeah and it's i don't i imagine it's right about here but there's some point where they're like Walking up there, there's like a spiral staircase type thing within the innards of this crystal. And and it's all open. So like from standing outside, you can see everything going on inside of it. But it's kind of neat how they just walk up these steps within this weird sphere thing.
1: (laughs) Now we see that Nixon is informed that the arms are fueled and ready. And he says, it's time, gentlemen, take us to DEFCON 1. And meanwhile, Dan and Rorschach have used Archie to get into Bates' penthouse office, which is, you know, at the top of a very tall building. <laughs> this is so 1980. <laughs> Dan is slipping through floppy disks. <laughs>
0: well, I, uh, I it was at 1.44
1: megabytes. Yeah. And those were the advanced ones. I mean, I remember back to the days when you know, anyway, I'm trying to describe them, but yeah,
0: five and five and three quarters. Yeah, and three, was there and
1: yeah.
0: I somewhere I even have an eight inch floppy disk from an old mainframe. Right?
1: <laughs> and as he's flipping through these, he finds one with the pyramid logo. Meanwhile rorschach theorizes that someone could have given all these people cancer to set dr manhattan up Mm
0: -hmm. He's a sharp cookie rorschach
1: yeah i mean we see him make some mistakes like when he thought Lori might have set dr manhattan up but basically he's always thinking right he's always like "What, what could the angle be
0: Well, he's read read all these conspiracy theories and uh, American Frontiersman keeps keeps the mind honed.
1: Yeah, that's how you keep yourself (laughs) sharp. And so Dan puts the Pyramid disc into the computer, and it turns out there's a password for the disc. (laughs) It's really funny a sequence of things here dan figures out that the password must be the title of a book that's sitting in front of the computer ramses too i'm like okay so you know this guy is supposed to be the smartest person in the world <laughs> He's the okay, password of the book sitting in front of the computer okay whatever <laughs>
0: Although to play devil's advocate, maybe that was part of his plan that they would find the password. For- <laughs> that said, when I watched it, I, I was I was thinking, you know, I, I've suspended my disbelief for most of this, but uh, you know, the get the password on the third try
1: thing that that
0: uh, always just uh,
1: yeah. Warsack finds a file with a psychological profile on Dr. Manhattan that says, if he can be separated from humanity, he'll retreat from the human condition. Okay. And Dan Mail gets into the disk and finds proof that Pyramid is, wait for it, a bait company. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's would explain why it was in his floppy disk collection.
1: There are all these little points in the background where you would see like a pyramid truck go by or whatever right, so everything gets referenced all the time, right? yeah
0: yeah that's what one, one of the one of the neat things about this movie is i i read a watchman comic book, but I'm not sure if it was the very original one that you were fell in love with the whole thing over or if it was like a a no, like something based on the movie. It's, it's been long enough that I remember. But uh, <laughs> but at least in the movie, the amount of little details is really, really fun. I mean, you could, you could watch this over and over again and always spot something new. Right. Now,
1: here we get something really disappointing. <laughs> it's a, either a model or a CGI shot of Bates' compound in Antarctica. And it's like bad Doctor Who. or it Maybe good Doctor Who. But it's terrible for a gazillion dollar modern special effects movie. It's like, oh, I'm looking at a model on a table. <laughs> <You> know, <it's, laughs> it looks terrible. <laughs> it's like, what the hell? <laughs> you know,
0: I don't remember reacting that way to uh to Karnak. I I remember seeing like maybe one scene in this where the where the green screen was a little dodgy. But I don't remember thinking anything too bad about Karnak.
1: I guarantee if you go back and look at that shot, it's like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> but this is a very cool sequence because inside this compound, Vate's scientists are congratulating him because Dr. Manhattan's energy reactor is online, and it could have only happened when Vate's support and enthusiasm and they all have glasses of champagne that they're drinking, and Vate now apologizes and talks about how the pharaoh's assistants knew all his secrets, so they had to be buried alive. Uh, 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 and then we see that all the scientists are now passed out slash dead on the floor, presumably from their champagne. <laughs> And then he leaves the room with his funky cat slash leopard Dubastus is kind of a some kind of genetically modified you know creature pretty cool looking though
0: yeah it's 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 like a big blue tiger type thing but it has
1: these long
0: long ears they're like two feet long mm-hmm. and they're sticking straight up so they
1: look almost like horns. At this point, Rorsak makes a final entry in his journal saying that Vate is behind everything and that he and Dan are going to Antarctica to try and stop him. And then we see the journal drop through a mail slot in a door into a basket, and this might become slightly important later. <laughs> yeah. Back on Mars, Laurie asks Dr. Manhattan to just tell her how this all is, And he says it ends with her in tears and that the streets will be filled with death and she implores him to stop the nuclear apocalypse everyone will die and he says you know very rationally and the universe will not even notice in my opinion the existence of life is a highly overrated phenomenon (laughs)
0: yeah yeah that's uh that's an easy attitude
1: to take when you're live And again, perfectly rationally, they're on Mars. He asked her how the beauty of Mars would be improved by an oil pipeline or a shopping mall.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, although, I mean, he's talking about these the, the beauty and so on. And like, beauty doesn't mean a thing if, if nobody's observing it. You know, yeah. he, he takes for granted that all this
1: beauty that he admires means something if there's nobody around to observe it. She gets mad at him and tells him to land the ship right now and send her back to Earth to say she's willing to die. And she points out that this hasn't ended in cheers, so he was wrong. And he points out, again, somewhat reasonably, that she wants him to see things from her point of view, but she refuses to see things from his perspective. So she tells him, fine, do that mind melt thing with me and show me your perspective. And this time, in her flashbacks, and this has nothing to do with Mars or Earth or whatever, so in a way it's a little bit weird because, it, you know, it's not related to what's going on, but in her flashbacks, she now understands that after almost being raped by the comedian, her mother went back to the comedian and got impregnated by him, and that the comedian is her father.
0: Yeah, um. That's the significance of that quote he said, uh, you know, when they're when they're at that Washman meeting and, and he meets Laurie afterward and then Sally chews him out and then he says, Yeah, what can't a guy talk to his and then he pauses and he says, Best friend's daughter old friend's daughter. Yeah. He he was gonna say his daughter.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, having realized this, she's devastated, and now she's in tears. So, <laughs> Doctor Manhattan was correct; the conversation would end with her in tears, mm-hmm. and she's very angry. And she smashes at the base of the gold crystal ship, and this causes some kind of resonance thing, and the entire crystal ship ends up collapsing. Yeah,
0: the cracks spread all through it, and it's all showering down around them. He puts yeah. up a little shield for them, though
1: slightly unrealistic but i'll ignore that yeah and they needed to have a plot point here so they did it i don't think this makes any sense at all but dr manhattan now admits that he was wrong and miracles are possible given the impossible odds that laurie would have been born based on her mother coupling with a man that she hated and all this firm and all the you know whatever the realities and i'm just like Dr. Manhattan is supposed to be one of, you know, is a god, and he didn't understand probability. And I it, none of this makes any sense to me, but it's a key point in the comic and the movies or whatever.
0: Yeah. Although, maybe, just to play devil's advocate, with all the knowledge that he has, maybe this was something he set up all along.
1: Yeah. Anyways. I don't know. So, all of a sudden, he's been enlightened and... You know, now he's like, oh my God, humans are good. You're a miracle, et cetera. And miracles happen. And he says, now dry your eyes and let's go home. And then the camera pulls back and we see that this area of Mars forms a smiley face. Interesting thing about that. There are all sorts of spaces on the moon, probably also on Mars, where there's these pictures people say, they say, oh, my God, aliens must have put this together because it has a certain shape, right? Mm-hmm. So things like the smiley says, absolutely happen, and there are pictures of them, and then people say oh, aliens really? must have created this. So it's like, yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So now Dan or Morsak are flying Archie to the Antarctic, and as they approach... Bate's compound their engines cut out it's they're assuming it's kind of dude like he's has something that's doing some kind of interference i think he
0: said they were just freezing up i think he yeah, said maybe up, up.
1: yeah and so they end up crashing onto the snow and then they make their way toward the compound and we see that they is watching you know probably a 100 tv screens and one of them is a monitor that shows them approaching. So he knows they're approaching.
0: And we get the impression that he's he's paying attention to all of them at once. Yeah. I'm the world's smartest man and
1: all. Yeah, that's one of his talents. And that somehow watching 100 TV channels is making him smarter. And I'm going to say... As someone is, no, I don't think so. Uh, (laughs) A lot of those are going to be reality TV shows to watch. They're not making you smarter at all. (laughs) So the two of them get into the compound, and Vate just keeps watching his TV screens as they sneak up behind him. And then Rorschach thinks he has them and he attacks. But Vate is ready and he flies out of the way as as Rorschach tries to hit him.
0: And I think as they're sneaking up on him, the TV screens are going out one by one. Yeah. Uh so that that could be could be a clue that That's something right. was up, but uh but I didn't notice I they that, had but it makes total
1: sense. I did not notice that. Just one of those little nice details. Okay. So he then explained to them that the comedian was the first to figure out his plan to set off explosions in major centers and blame Dr. Manhattan. And he spent $2 billion in tachyon research to block Dr. Manhattan's ability to see the future. And then he gave people cancer to, you know, frame Dr. Manhattan. He put the cyanide pill in the assassin's mouth. Now, I'm going to say, he explains all this. It's way too much. Like, we could already figure out that he put the pill in the guy's mouth and all this. He didn't need to explain all this. Yeah. I
0: have to admit, though, that I didn't realize it until he explained it, because yeah, you know, it it makes perfect sense. At the time he says, Oh, he's got a he's got a suicide pill. I'm gonna stop him from biting down <laughs> on it. He's actually putting the pill
1: in his mouth. So I yeah. I
0: did not guess that at the time, so it was nice to hear.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and he explains that he's killing millions to save billions. And Rorschach says that they're gonna stop him. And now and they Especially when you're reading the comic book, I think that's a little, again, too on the nose. He's just, I'm not a comic book villain. <laughs> <laughs> Everything I've said was already set in motion 35 minutes ago, right? So I appreciate it, but also it's, again, it's a little too self-referential or meta for me when you're reading a comic book for the villain to say I'm not a comic book villain. yeah. Right.
0: I think the cities, he doesn't have a lot of cities that he's doing this to. They're like the world's great capitals like, you know, Paris and London and New York and so forth. Yeah. But but most of the world he's not doing, which, uh, you know, I'm not going to praise him too (laughs) effusively for that because I think it's a crappy plan. But, uh, you know, he could have done a lot worse if he wanted to, I guess.
1: Yeah we see on the TV screens, the explosions have gone off. Civilians have been vaporized. And one of the things they couldn't do in the movie that was in the comic is that throughout the comic series, there were little threads where we got to meet these different characters. And so when they get killed at this point, it's meaningful because you've seen their story. Mm -hmm.
0: Right. We do get a little bit of that. Like we see, the newspaper vendor and the kid who always sits by his stand reading right. comics, uh, you know, when they realize what's upon them, they, yeah. you know, give each other a hug because they're... Yeah, but yeah,
1: it's, it's very minimal compared to... Yeah. Time, right? And now we see Nixon raging at Kissinger because, you know, all these explosions have happened. He says, why didn't we get a launch warning? And Kissinger's on the phone and he says... It's not the Soviets sir intel indicates the energy signature was generated by Dr Manhattan mm-hmm. So this is dates plan Laurie and Dr Manhattan port to earth from Mars in the middle of the devastation Laurie says oh you know the bombs have gone off mm-hmm. but Dr Manhattan realizes this wasn't caused by nuclear warheads it was done by him At least it was made to be to appear to be done by him.
0: Right. And and the, the actual devastation looks different because it's not just nuclear ground zero type places. There's actual giant pits in the earth where the mm-hmm. ground has just been obliterated. Yeah. You, know, you see you see things keep falling in to the yeah. pits.
1: <laughs> the Dr. Manhattan immediately teleports to Adrian Bates in his compound. And they runs and hides. And Manhattan follows him and sort of taunts him and says, Look, I can turn these walls into glass. You can't hide from me. But in following him, he ends up in a hallway.
0: Mm, yeah. And I, I, this was easy to see coming. I mean, granted, I, I had seen the movie some time ago. So I might have subconsciously remembered it. But, but the wall is also set up to look a lot like that. Experiment array where Dr. Manhattan yeah, got you know. transformed. So we see all the
1: kind of equipment that is there originally. And Vade's cat is with Dr. Manhattan, and Vade pushes a button to vaporize Manhattan and he asks for, you know, forgiveness from his cat. <laughs> yeah. Because he's also, so both of them are vaporized, right? Right. It turns out, though, that Lori was also ported with Dr. Manhattan and she has a gun. Don't know where that came from. Oh, she took that
0: from the government handler back when she escaped the military research.
1: Yeah, okay. I miss that. (laughs) And so she has no compunctions. She shoots at bait and he spins and falls down the stairs and she approaches him. He's, you know, appears to be dead. His arm falls, his hand opens. And it turns out that he caught the bullet and he's very much alive. <laughs> and then they fight and Vape ba- makes a villain speech. And in the middle of it, we hear Dr. Manhattan's voice because, you know, who was just vaporized. And he says, I'm disappointed in you, Adrian. <laughs> and it turns out he's now huge. not huge. I am four stories, like 10 stories high. And of course, he knew how to reconstitute himself because he did it before. And so now King Kong style, he attempts to grab Bate you know, with his hand. Bate is running. And then Bate holds up a device and Manhattan mockingly asks him if it's some other tool to defeat him. And Vate says yes. But it turns out it's just. Well, well it's
0: this futuristic looking little web. It
1: looks yeah. Like something sinister. But it turns out it's just a TV remote control. <laughs> he turns on all the, the wallet TVs. And we see that all the world leaders are uniting in the face of Dr. Manhattan as a common enemy, and peace is being achieved. (laughs) And there's now a debate among all the superheroes here about this. Do they tell the truth and ruin this peace, or do they stay silent to allow the peace to continue? Even Dr. Manhattan agrees that their only choice is to stay silent. Okay. I don't take that side of the argument, but, uh, but they all agree on Yeah. But except for Rorschach. Yeah. Rorschach refuses. He will only tell the truth, even in the face of Armageddon. And so he walks out a door into the snow. And there, you know, Dr. Manhattan is waiting for him. He refuses to budge. And he removes his mask and yells at Manhattan to do it. And Manhattan vaporizes him,
0: yeah and yeah, it's a it's a thorough job. I don't think he's coming back,
1: yeah, and as I said, you know, Ellen Moore didn't want Rorschach to be the hero of this story, but he's the only one who followed his morals, yeah, and i think- I think in this case he made he made the right
0: choice too we can We can discuss that
1: hmm. later. So Dr. Manhattan tells Laurie that he's leaving this galaxy for one a little less complicated. And she reminds him that he now cares about life. And he says, yes, maybe I'll create some of my own. <laughs> <laughs> and they kiss and he vanishes. And we switch to a scene where Laurie and Dan are with her mother. And Lori and Dan are together now. And they have decided to stay silent. Yeah,
0: and it's a, there's a touching little thing in this scene, too, because uh Lori ends up telling her mother, you know, basically that she loves her and that, uh Yeah. You know, I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was, it was her warming, so.
1: <laughs> and now we see the new Frontiersman office, which in the released version of the movie, you know, this is brand new. It's the first time we've seen it versus the director's cut. And there's a worker there, and he's wearing a T-shirt with a smiley face. And now this is something I know from the comic. He drips borst onto his shirt. Now, in the movie, you would have no way to know that. The significance of Borst is it's a Russian thing. So that means that in this new peace era, people in America are eating borscht. Now, the fruits of this, our new ally. Yeah, I... I I don't like this at all. I think it's silly. I mean, they wanted to start out with the smiley face with blood on it and then end up with something much more innocent, the smiley face with borscht on it. I think that's really mm-hmm. silly, and I, I wouldn't have done it. But yeah, to...
0: and if that's the reason given for it, that's kind of silly. Although, I mean, it's not it's not unusual for people in America to eat borscht, especially if they have mm-hmm. Russian ancestry. Yeah,
1: so, you know, the new frontiersman is a right-wing magazine, and the editor is frustrated because with all this piece, they have nothing to write about. <laughs> and he rants at the worker to figure out something, and the worker suggests that they check out the nut file, you know, whatever people have submitted. The owner's like, okay, whatever, I'll leave it to you. And the worker goes over to the nut file, and we see that's the basket, and it has Warshak's journal. And we hear the first entry from the beginning of the film read out. <laughs> and that's the end of the film. Yeah. Okay, let's start with actors. I mean, I already said, you know, my feeling is, I think Rorschach was great, James Earl Haley. Mm-hmm. I think Dr. Manhattan was great, Eddie, uh, uh, Billy Crudup. Uh Some of the others are fine. I think that mallet lori i I felt she was non-good casting now i will admit this time watching the film the things that i consider to be miscasting bothered me less than they have in the past Hmm. but i just thought she was didn't really fill in this role but i thought the biggest miscast as i said was ozymandias where I think if you had had a Robert Downey Jr. like person portraying that role, it would have been so much better.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think Downey uh, or someone like him might have, might have made the ending a little more, I don't know. It would have caused me a little more internal conflict because Downey would have brought the character off more likably and Mm Veidt just, really isn't terribly likable throughout the show. I mean, mm. even from the start, you just sort of find him a bit off-putting, at least for me. Um, if you'd been more sympathetic throughout them, it might have given me a few more, given me more qualms about how I reacted at the end, because I was perfectly happy to say, i have like full of crap, you mm-hmm. know, whereas if it had been Downey or somebody, I felt more sympathetic, Toward maybe I would have been slower and more reluctant to pass judgment so quickly.
1: But like, I don't know. The story was a huge change that I actually support. So, in the movie, right, Doctor Manhattan is turned into the evil guy. In the comic, it it had nothing to do with Doctor Manhattan's. The plot the Vate had was he. Teleported in a giant squid. (laughs) Yes, literally a giant squid into, like, Times Square Mm. with some kind of telepathic thing that kills a lot of people.
0: Mm. It was like a Godzilla-type giant
1: squid. And this was supposed to be an alien presence, and it was the alien presence that caused all the governments in the world to eat right. And I've got to, I mean, for as great as the graphic novel is, that's a really silly ending. (laughs) And it's, I mean, it's just silly. And I actually think the movie was completely right to just get rid of that and say, no, we're going to use Dr. Manhattan and make and turn him into the bad guy. Mm -hmm. Because it makes sense. He's the character that's already there. You know. It all makes sense. So I think the movie is, in terms of the ending and, and treating that, as way better. Now, as I mentioned in our intro, the TV series goes with the squid, but they actually make it work. So Ooh. all the more reason we should watch the TV series at some point, so you can see how they use the squid thing in the TV series. <laughs> oh. um, but nonetheless, I think the movie was absolutely right to chain, to remove the squid and make it Dr. Manhattan. And it made much more sense.
0: Well, it does, does make sense. And it also fits with uh, Veit's willingness to sacrifice anyone or anything for his own yeah. ends.
1: Now what do you think about the conclusion? The idea that oh, we presented this threat; everybody is now unified, peace is in the world. So much so that even the you know right wing publication can't find any annoying thing to write a story about.
0: <laughs> yeah i i I think this goes back to what I said when when Ve- when that early scene was talking. He was dismissing the importance of ideology and you know as long as everybody's got a full belly basically they're going to be happy and uh i don't think humanity works that way and particularly someone who is said to be as intelligent as he is i would think he would at least have a more nuanced view i have nothing else but uh i think there's Unless it now, with his money, he probably got on to putting all kinds of other safeguards and measures in place, so that uh once the uh benevolent government is finally established, it can't be toppled or overthrown or whatever but uh you know people are are very hard to predict in a lot of ways you know, I, yeah, I, I think it was just a, a lousy and and effectively evil plan. I mean, it's a plan that involves not only murdering millions of people, but also just deliberately lying to the whole world. Yeah, it's just dumb. I
1: don't like it. <laughs> also, I think history, even since this came out, you know, 9-11 came after this, etc., shows us that there may be a temporary period of unity, but then it disintegrates into conspiracy theories and, you know, everybody applying their own politics to it. You don't actually get unity from something like this, you know, that this kind of presents. Yeah. I actually think the TV series, again, kind of represents some of that. So, Hmm. well... What do you think about the different actors here?
0: Yeah, I, uh, Dan the Night Owl, I thought, I mean, he's not really a scene stealer, but he's, he's right for that role. I mean, he's just kind of, uh, comes across as mostly sort of a nice guy, you know, who happens to like beating up bad guys. <laughs> uh, you know, the, uh, the young self specter, I, I didn't have a, didn't have a problem with her i mean you know she was i thought i thought she came across pretty realistically uh, although maybe i'm maybe i'm thinking more in terms of the character than the actress but I, I didn't have any problem with the actress and i i really enjoyed the actress for the older sally i thought she mm-hmm. was fun I yeah you know, it would be fun to just see uh a spin-off where she decides to put the costume back on and go out and bust some more heads or something.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: overall, the um, Rorschach was uh, my favorite character and um, at least one of my favorite actors, I'd say. I, uh, I liked Moloch. Um, it was neat finding out that it was also Max Headroom. I didn't had that <laughs> um, But he had just, just had a minor role, but he was good. Uh, Dr. Manhattan. I agree with you that he was he was very good. Oh, the comedian. I I thought he was good. He really uh, he came across as you know very you know cynical, sleazy, sometimes completely reprehensible, but uh, still a very interesting character to watch. I thought,
1: and we didn't really talk about it, but you know a key part of the story is that. Yeah, this is a despicable person who's willing to rape a woman or, you know, even literally shoot a woman that he's impregnated. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, as they say in this, he he's trying to replicate the reality to kind of show people what they're living in, right? I mean, he's trying to represent the country.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's... That's the excuse he gives, to yeah. what extent he's really trying to do that and what extent he just, that's, you know, I think a lot of that is sort of post-hope rationalization. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, still very interesting character, and I thought the actor did a good job with it.
1: Yeah. The thing that makes it interesting is the fact that when he discovers what fate is doing, he is so upset that he yeah. goes to his arch enemy who's his only friend Hawkeye, right and cries, right? So yeah. you know
0: that was a, a good bit. There there's a there's a lot of really good stuff in this. Um uh, I didn't like Vaith's plan overall, but on the other hand I didn't find it terribly unbelievable that a guy like him would do a plan like that. <laughs> wow. I just thought it was a nasty plan. <laughs>
1: Well, it's kind of the ultimate question. Is this worth watching for a modern audience? Oh, I would,
0: I would say definitely. I mean, there's a lot more gore than I remembered very <laughs> Um, which, I mean, it's, it, as in buckets
1: and buckets. Yeah, I, would, I wouldn't
0: say buckets and buckets, but it has, it has its moments. Uh, so it's, it's something to be aware of before going in. Overall, yeah, it's, uh, Really an entertaining movie. And I'll probably probably another year or two or whenever down the road, I'll probably probably check it out again.
1: And I'll add to check out the director's cut. Yeah. So there we go. See you next week. I don't know what's coming up next week because we record these totally out of order. (laughs) (laughs) We will see what comes up next. Talk to you then. Since the attacks, I have been in constant contact with the Premier of the USSR. Putting aside our past differences, we have both pledged to unite against this common enemy. With the rest of the world, we will prevail. This is a day we shall never forget. And yet we go forward. To defend the human race, and all that is good,
0: and just in our world. Thank you. God bless us all.